your facts, okay, Tyler. Uh, um, so we're hot. We're going recording. Does, that, does anyone have anything they want to start with? Um, Do you have some stuff? Yeah, I mean, out, out, I mean, we had some fast. Yeah, we had some really fascinating stuff that the listeners missed out on about how we're all old and, and our bodies are falling apart and betraying us. Yeah, I but pulled, outside of that, what, what did I hurt you guys? What did I pull? Oblique. My oblique. I think, well, I, no, because an oblique is more on the side. I think you pulled something that's like in a soft tissue spot and mm. you're in between your ribs. But soft yeah, Tyler tissue. hurt. Tyler hurt himself eating wings, and I hurt I myself. Uh, putting clothes in the dry in the dryer. So, <laughs> so uh, we're at that no, point no. in our lives. So now we have to have to have, have a discussion. Which is more uh, acceptable to hurt yourself eating wings or doing laundry? Because I would argue eating wings is a pretty you know pretty mm. masculine thing to be doing. It's well, pretty tough. You're, there's a lot well, of Will's actually doing something productive. Exactly. See, I was yeah, like doing laundry, a chore, whereas like soft. hurting yourself hurting yourself eating. <laughs> Is is not uh, something that you should be like. I was manly because I hurt myself eating. Once you start dealing, unless with, it was like a food challenge. Once you start dealing with fabric softeners, I think it makes it a little iffy, in my opinion. But uh, I've well, never it, used a fabric softener in my life. I used just like should. detergent, and then like I used the 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 anti-static like cling sheets in the dryer. That's it. Wow. Okay. Well, should we keep like, going? About my laundry? clothes don't just feel like sandpaper. I don't know what the. No, I actually I, don't either. I used to use. A, would they be that much softer I if I was using fabric downy. softener? I used to use just fabric softener. When I was in college, I didn't know the difference. I'd use just fabric softener as a detergent. That checks out for yep, sure. I was also, washing my clothes with downy for like <laughs> for, for a couple weeks. That does check out. Um, also, I've I, I. It's a myth that you have to separate your clothes based off colors. I've never done yeah. it. Now, the only exception to that is. If I have a bunch of white t-shirts, I will wash them together like with there shades or something. Okay. But as far as like lights versus darks, like that's just a myth. That's something that, that the laundry well, that's big, one of la- the oldest- big laundry has yeah. been putting that le- exactly. that, that lie for <laughs> in order laundry. to keep us one using the, more detergent. One of the most notorious lies uh, perpetuated on the American people by big uh, big laundry. Big laundry. It yeah. Is, downy. Yeah. Um they want you downy, to do who, more who, uh they 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 want you to do twice as many loads. It's like the rinse and repeat. Do you ever read the instructions of the the shampoo? It says rinse and repeat. Who the hell's rinsing and repeating? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're double shampooing your hair, or you're either just not doing it right the first time, or you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's basically it. But uh, no, yeah, we don't. I mean, th- yeah, those are hot things to lead off the show with. But of course, we're we're here to recap. You know, week eight. It's college football tailgate. I've got one more um, hot thing. I'm real hot with something. Okay. I, yeah. I, I'm come with it too hot with this it is the uh candy bag mixes at the grocery store have you guys done any halloween candy shopping yet i don't get trick-or-treaters in my apartment building so no so so we went i know where you're going with this for sure yeah yeah we went ryan have you gotten candy yet uh no but in previous years yes i have and so we went it, it, it Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just set it up here. So we went, we 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 went early for some Halloween candy, and uh, we may have already broken into it, which is why we went early. And that's the key. <laughs> and so uh, I got a couple bags, a couple of the big mix bags, right? Because that's the way to go. You mix it up, you get. But what I've found, because I'm not a big, uh, I mean, I don't shop a lot in the candy aisle just during the you know my normal grocery store routine. I usually skip the candy aisle. Or I just go and like get a bag of chips because it's the same aisle, and I just keep going. So what I'm noticing. Is the the 
combinations of candy they're putting in the bags is so bad. It's not good combos. Like I want a nice combo with some of the best candy and it's always a piece of shit candy, an average candy, and then like a Reese's. They throw a good one in there. And I have an issue with with whoever it is, the Mars company or whatever candy company is doing this. They need better mixes. And See, but you're, it's a brilliant business model. They're they're cutting product, Tyler. That's all they're doing. They're taking the good, the good product, the Kit Kats and the Reeses, and you know the the Snickers. They're spreading it and, out, and and they're cutting right. it with all the shit that doesn't sell because no, <laughs> yeah, because no one is buying <laughs> giant bags of dots. Or, yeah, dots you know, or Mr. Rolls. Good bars or exactly almond joys. Uh, there were some peppermint patty or whatever those are. The, I mean, I like some of those that you've no, listed, I, but you're I right. Like the, the idea is they're not on that same level. But well, you I wouldn't was, buy a whole bag of them. No, but no, when no, I was shopping no. and I'm going yeah, exactly. through all the different ones, I'm going, oh my god! So this one has Reese's. Almond Joy, uh, yeah, you know, like, like mounds and like a, <laughs> like the normal Hershey's, the, the chocolate Hershey's. And I like all of those, but then I look at the other one and it's got Reese's uh, or a Butterfinger Kit Kat, uh, you know, uh, whatever, name it, you know, just now here's, candy. So I don't like the combinations they've come up with. I'm, 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 the, I'm, I'm against it. The counterpoint to that, I would say, is that sometimes it forces you to like a new candy bar. Like growing up, I always hated three musketeers, but now I've noticed like when you go to places that have those mixed ones, of course, people grab the Twix and the Snickers first. Cause those are the winners. Mm. And then what's left is like three musketeers and other stuff. And then I always go for the three musketeers and now they're actually one of my favorite candy bars. You know, some people call us the uh, three musketeers. I mean, they should. Yeah, we should get muskets. We, we should, should do a, a group <laughs> shot of us with we muskets. Should. That would be sweet. Right, and then last thing um, uh, that I have here, and this will actually lead us nicely. This will guide us nicely into some college football. Okay. Um, again, my old man coming out. I don't want anyone getting hurt here, but eventually, someone's going to get hurt running down that Clemson hill before the game. Oh, starts. I think it every time. Yes, someone's going to get hurt one of these days. Totally agree. Yes. I'm sure it's happened already. No, like once someone tears an ACL, they're going to stop doing that. You know who it's going to it's going to be Dabo first because he full on sprints it and the players are like kind of going a little bit more gingerly, I've noticed. And so it's it's, yeah, I mean, ACL injuries or all that. It's it's they're always freak injuries. It's always weird. It's I didn't I was uncomfortable watching that this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it it will happen at some point to like a star player and they'll be like, okay, maybe we just, you know. Maybe we have all the the walk-ons run down the field and the real players come out of the tunnel. Or, or they something. make it a, 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 a moving walkway. <laughs> and they all get on and stand on it. <laughs> and take make it, it a slip and slide. Yeah, like in the... Uh, Ooh, well, you know that's what's a good idea. Is them, good. I'm pretty sure... I mean, they have a tunnel, obviously, right? That halftime, they don't run back up the hill. So I saw... <laughs> I saw on... Uh, that would be so good on, if they did. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Back up I, the hill, fellas. I, I saw on... I can't remember what... It was a game <laughs> earlier this year where um, they were showing how they get up there. And, like, the players literally come out of the locker room and load up buses. Yeah. And they take a bus, like, a quarter of a mile around... Just around the stadium. And they let them off the bus. And they all come down. And so, like... I'm like, I get to the tradition is cool. But like if I'm a player and I am fully padded up, ready to come out of the locker room, the last thing I want to do is go and sit on a bus for like 10 minutes while, <laughs> yeah. while it, it goes to the other side of the stadium so I can run down the hill. It just seems it's kind of funky, but maybe, it is Clemson's could, thing. Uh, so it's cool. Maybe we could come up with some new ideas for that. Uh, I, my, my other one is like a tram. Like everyone gets on a tram and then like there's a little bell that dings and then they take off. Everyone's sitting there waiting to go down the hill. That's Give them idea. segways. Segways. Zip line? What about a zip line? 
I mean, a zip line would actually be fucking sweet. Yeah. If that's how, I mean, they should do that. Like where they all zip line on the, uh, the spider cam, you know, the spider cam that, <laughs> spider that's cam. up above that, that's, that's got like 10 zip lines attached to it. Yeah. Just have like Lee Corso bomb down that every day for, for, for game day. It, it would be sweet. Lee These Corso. are just ideas. Yeah. We're, we're just brainstorming. No. Uh, sure. But but let's lead off. You mentioned Clemson. It's you're right. It's a perfect transition. The perfect transition Clemson for get, your bet board win. Congratulations, Will. Well, we went one and one. That's not why I was bringing it up. This mm-hmm. seems uh, uh, we, we tied, um, and, and I'll, I'll take that as a win all day. How but British of Clem- us. We tied. Clemson really just was lucky <laughs> enough to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Clemson, Clemson was uh, was just lucky enough to get away with a win with that one. Honestly, I mean, if it, that first drive where they scored that touchdown, I think going into halftime where you had the late hit out of bounds. Um, and, and just a couple of big calls that went Clemson's ways that really extended the drive for the freshman quarterback who came in, by the way, obviously DJ Uyunglele got, got benched and apparently he's the starter moving forward, but, um, Cade Klubnik looked good. And that one drive with the two penalties really, you know, helped things out for Clemson. I think and maybe that was in the fourth quarter. That was towards the end. I don't think that was before half, yeah. but they end up outscoring Syracuse 17, nothing in the fourth quarter and get away with a win. But this was a, a really shaky game for, for Clemson. And ultimately they may still go undefeated and make the playoff. But to me, this is kind of evidence to what I was saying when I was breaking on the game, which is this isn't like the dominant Clemson team that we're used to, that we've seen a lot recently. It doesn't mean they're not going to win the ACC, but to me, they're not a national championship contender with how they're playing currently. This isn't your granddaddy's Clemson. This is not <laughs> this is not your Clemson of 2019, way back when. Um, no, definite downgrade for Clemson and definite upgrade for Syracuse, showing their versatility on offense. Will you mentioned the referees? Everyone on Twitter was bitching about the referees. I mean, how much of an impact do you really think they had? No, I think it was just those two calls on that one drive. And I'm not even they weren't like bad calls. Like the late hit out of bounds was a late hit out of bounds, but it was yeah. just like. It, it was it was that, and I can't remember what the second one was. I don't know if it was a pass interference call, but there was just two big ones on that drive, which it wasn't that the refs were helping out Clemson. It was that Syracuse fucked up really bad twice on that drive, and that gave Clemson momentum. And all of a sudden, now they they scored, and they were within striking distance there. And so I I don't I you're right. I saw a bunch of stuff on social media. They're like, ooh, you know, MVP of the of the you know Clemson team, and it was like a picture of the ref. It's like, well. I don't know about that. I don't think that they were like getting really lucky calls or anything. To me, it was more just like Syracuse really blew it there, especially on that drive. And that, that's where I think the, mo- the momentum came from. Um, and then you mentioned DJ. It, it, he is the starter moving forward because that's going to be big yeah. to watch. Yeah. I mean, he's, D- he's uh, you know. Dabo said he's QB number one. But we saw this with Trevor Lawrence and, and Kelly Bryant that one time, you know, right. where where Kelly Bryant had led the team, blah, blah, blah. And and Trevor Lawrence looked really good as a freshman. And Klubnik didn't look like Trevor Lawrence good, I don't think. But he looks good. He's Clearly, he's talented. I believe he was like a number one quarterback recruit coming into Clemson. Um, and yeah, he did say that DJ, uh, DJU is going to be the starter next week. But again, now the pressure's on. Because if he looks bad again, he's going to get benched. And then if Klubnik comes in, he starts looking better. All of a sudden, we are talking about like, okay, is this Kate Klubnik's job? Right. Okay. Well, that's, that's definitely something to watch. I mean... I'm going to have to see how much of an upgrade or downgrade I have this week. But yeah, Clemson to me right now doesn't fit the profile of being the uh, the playoff team. And I mean, look, if they end the season undefeated, there might be a chance if the committee's doing their job that Clemson doesn't end up in the, the playoff. 
I don't know. I, mean, I, th- I know. I think it's... if they go undefeated, they're in because then they will have, you know, they're going to have some solid wins. Um, and then, of course, they'll be undefeated ACC champion. Like at that point, I think they but would. But if you just still have nod. undefeated, let's say Ohio State, I know, I know, but let's just say Ohio State, and let's say we have undefeated Georgia. Right. And, and then maybe then, like an undefeated TCU or something. Well, that's what it would take. Yeah, I guess. Because the Big 12 and Pac 12 are going to eat each other up. Um, right. So, yeah. And so, I mean, who knows how it will shake out? It's certainly possible. I just don't think it's very likely because ultimately Clemson has the branding that, you know, and, and the, the notoriety in college football that will, the committee will always be like, okay, we're not talking about an undefeated, you know, Louisville team. We're talking about undefeated Clemson. So I don't know, but I mean, they have, they play at Notre Dame uh, next week. Or excuse me, it's it's a bye this next week, but at Notre Dame the following week, and then they'll have, you know, a game versus South Carolina and the season. Now South Carolina ranked, by the way, they're, they're yeah, AP top 25. Whoa. South Carolina so, is five and two all of a sudden. May, may, five and two all of a sudden. <laughs> the Rattler, and, uh, the Rattler, baby. Hey, all you yeah, old so, fa- all you fans, how you like it? I mean, he's got five touchdowns and eight interceptions on the year, so I think they're probably cool with it. Um, <laughs> uh, the Rattler, the Rattler's team yeah, I mean, sharpened. That, that was like probably the, the toughest spot for Clemson there. And so they get by, you know, with the skin of their teeth. But ultimately, you know, if they get the win, that's all that matters. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Alabama dominates Mississippi State. Um, no surprise there. And then the really the big one in the, in the uh, SEC. And Tyler, you and I were both on this, thankfully. LSU just wrecks Ole Miss. Yeah. All of a sudden, LSU is What a crazy game. A super crazy game, and I, I, I'm guessing LSU is now in the top 25 as well, um, as they're they're six and two, and that's a huge marquee win for for Brian Kelly to beat Ole Miss. And by the way, they were down I think 17-3 at one point in that game. They come back and just dominate the second half, 28 to nothing in the second half. They they end up uh, you know winning the game 45 to 20 against the number seven ranked Ole Miss team. Now I think Tower and I, you know, we kind of all talked about how we didn't think that that Ole Miss was really like the seventh best team in the country, but whatever, they were undefeated. And that's a huge win for LSU there in that spot and for Brian Kelly specifically. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that happens when you get a good coach around a quarterback who can develop and change and coach and lead. Jaden Daniels was an average quarterback at best. We talked about this last week, but it's not just him. We've talked about that in nausea, but it's the idea of everyone out there who watches college football having these concrete ideas and opinions about quarterbacks. You're telling me if 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 Spencer Petras gets a good offensive staff around him that is competent with, mm. with football, he's suddenly not doing a little bit better. And you say, mm, like that, but you would have said the same thing about Jaden Daniels at ASU. Like, these quarterbacks change under good coaching. So. Uh, yeah, Petras is just maybe not the best example because I feel Why? like he's awful. I think he's the perfect <laughs> example. Look at his numbers, actually. Like, like he, he's not he could a, definitely be better. I think yeah, there, There's no doubt better. about that. He's but like worst he quarterback in really the country. I mean, I'm not sure about good, but if he's on LSU, I guarantee his numbers are twice as good. Like, like that's that that's that's what I'm saying. And and I mean, I'm not so sure about top ten of the country or anything like that. But I I think that's a great example because I think he's very talented, and I think well, I think he's somewhat talented. He's got a lot of the skill set, (laughs) and he's got inept coaches around him. Complete inept coaches around him. He was better last year, and you're right. Like the offense is horrific. I, Iowa looked like shit against against Ohio State, and ultimately Ohio State covers, even though it was kind of a shaky first half for the Buckeyes uh, with their offense specifically. But then they come out in the second half and just you know blow the doors off them. But well, you know, you're, to- 
that, that, Sorry, that's ahead, also Teddy. that's also what like Iowa is trying to do. Like, there's a reason why Iowa goes on the road in Columbus. They win the toss and they choose to receive the ball. They want to try to get the points because they know that they have a, you know, 15 play script that they can run. And then it's hopefully our defense pulls us through and we're at, you know, 13 to seven late in the ball game. And maybe we come up with a pick six or, you know, we, we come up with a big run, something like that. But I was just the ball start running clock. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and Iowa just even going back to last year, Iowa does. And I know Will and I have said this before is they don't have a sustainable offensive game plan. No, right. No, not not even remotely. And like they've even in good years, like the offense is usually still like the weak point of the team. Sure. And in a year like this where their offense is like horrific, the offensive line but, is but, bad. But the my, quarterback plays my bad. My problem here is, is that everyone evaluates uh, quarterbacks, and, and it's it's the it's the problem that that plagues, in my opinion, everyone just when they evaluate sports in general. It's that everyone's either awesome or they suck, and most people actually are neither of those. Most people are right in the middle. It's the Bo right. Nix thing. It's right back to the Bo Nix yeah. thing. Like you listen to a lot of people and and like on like other like you know like college ball podcasts or like real fan driven stuff like that. You would think Bo Nix may be the worst quarterback in the Power Five the last three decades for some of the podcasts, right? And then you listen to others, right. and it's like you know he was uh, it was, he was all, average, all, right? You know, to, my point is, I think he's average, right? He's not amazing. He's not horrible. Right. Better he's than right average now, but. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's my point with all these guys is that it's a, what's going on around them, and we don't have a right. chance to to play that game with a lot of these quarterbacks. But I really think that's the case. Coaching is so important in college. It's so. also more fun though to say someone sucks than to be like, yeah, you know, he's fine. You know, like, that, that, <laughs> yeah, there, there's part true. of that too. It's definitely good <laughs> but, content for the podcast. Yeah, and I also will agree with you, Tyler. Like, if Petrus was on an LSU, I I do think you would be better because I think it's it's just more creative and. I think Kirk Ferentz at Iowa has come to a point like Brett Bielema did at um, Wisconsin. Right. I think I think it's just I think it's just too vanilla. No, I didn't. And, and look, we 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 can move off this, but my, my entire point sure. was Spencer Petrus is the butt of the joke, right? This year, when you talk about right. a college football, and you're going to talk about a shitty quarterback, you, you know, throw in the line, it's always going to be Petrus, right. right? So that's my point here is that. It, there's always the butt of the joke. It was who was the butt of the joke last year for the last couple of years? It was Bo Nix, right? Yep. And so that's my point with all this is it's never like that bad. These quarterbacks are never as bad as it seems. And right. you're and, right. And it's a lot, it's, a lot of what's going on around them. It's due for a change. Honestly, it's it's just Iowa Petrus. That's what it is. Like right. you're right. If you went to, if you went to like a system that had that was better, where there was better coaching as a quarterback play, it'd probably be really good, honestly. But Unfortunately for him, he plays on Iowa, and, and it's a fucking shit show for them. Um, uh, but uh, we move on to, you know, the biggest game in the Big 12. Uh, it was the night game. Kansas State takes down – or, excuse me, TCU takes down Kansas State. They come all the way back. K-State was up early in this game. And then whatever happened in, in, at halftime, whether it was just Sonny Dykes making incredible coaching uh, uh, changes and adjustments or – maybe the opposite for K-State, but TCU ends up outscoring Kansas State 21 nothing in the second half, and they just continue to to outwork people and, and just surprise people. And I felt like TCU was really good, but, I mean, they were TCU's last five games are ridiculous. At SMU, Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. And, and, all, and some of those games, a lot of those games, they were down early and had to come back and win, and they just continue to, to do it. And at this point, like the rest of, of Kansas State's, or excuse me, uh, TCU's schedule 
you know, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all now if they go undefeated and they end up in the playoff. Like, that's how good this team wow. is. That's how much I'm starting to respect Max Duggan and uh, Dugan, as Tyler would say it. I and Dugan uh, the dude. And and what Sonny Dykes is doing there. Because, uh, like, I felt like this was a prime spot for Kansas State to be like, hey, you know, nice nice little run there, TCU. But it's about to end. And it looked like that early. But, again, yeah, when it was 28-10, it looked like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no for but- sure. And but that is why they play the four quarters like we always talk about. And I know that sounds like yep. cliche, but that no, it's funny. Like when you think about football, that's what it takes. Four quarters. It takes certain yep. like developing of, of game plans. And sometimes it takes several drives to do that. And, and, and it was really impressive what I saw in the second half. I'm still not sold as them being, I think they could lose a game here coming up. I think they could lose a game in the uh, big 12 championship, but yeah. Uh, sure. Duggan's my dude. Dugan's my dude. Um, Dugan. Yeah, he should be skyrocketing up the quarterback boards right now. But um, yeah, well, he's just a gamer, and like, and Kendra Miller had a huge game. They're, they're running back, um, and so you know, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not calling for TCU to go undefeated, but they just continue to prove me wrong. At this point, even though I'm not a fan of a lot of their jerseys, I have to start respecting what they what they put out on the field. And for them to just like be a team that is down and just be like, hey, we're not going to get. We're not going to hang our heads. We're we're just going to keep doing our thing, and eventually, it's going to start working. Like that's what's happening. And and for TCU, you're right. Like ultimately, the Big Twelve. We've talked about this on previous shows. I think it's the deepest conference by far, um, and and it has a ton of really good teams. Does it have that top, you know, uh, national championship contending team? Probably not. But it has like eight really really good teams. And and so for that to, you know, for if for I, like the Big Twelve may kill itself by just too many good teams. You know, obviously they have the huge win over Oklahoma state right now, which is ultimately the most important one, but they could lose, you know, some of their, a game remaining. But at this point, I hope that whoever wins the big 12 is in the playoff because frankly, I feel like they will have earned it. At uh, one point at the end of the first half with about, let's see here, three minutes, 32 seconds to go. According to ESPN analytics, Kansas State had a 91.2% chance to win. They were up 28-10, <laughs> and uh, yeah. they just got the ball when uh, TCU punted. So they had the ball up 28-10 and a 91.2% chance to win, according to ESPN. So, Yeah, and it, to me, it didn't even really feel so much like Kansas State blew it. It really just felt like TCU just realized who they were and started doing their thing, and, and certainly some missed opportunities for Kansas State. But, uh, I mean, just just a massive win, and now, I mean, they're 7-0, and and uh, if, if they just keep things rolling, they'll be a playoff team. And just an incredible job. Again, at this point, Sonny Dykes is, is going to be very much in, in consideration for coach of the year. Oh, if things for keep sure. Up this way. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, uh, sorry, I, I no, don't know if you had a point there. I cut you no, off. I was thinking like uh, maybe a, a name for Sonny Dykes because you got the Sonny thing, right? Like. And then, mm-hmm. the, and then the, the, and then the, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll, the, we'll, we'll think about that. <laughs> Sunny D stuttering. Sunny in. D. There yeah. we go. Smitty. Okay. All right. Smitty saves us from <laughs> going to inappropriate back. points. Sunny D. Sunny delights. I love it. Uh, you got to get that vitamin D. Sunny D. Um, uh, UCLA at Oregon, the other bet board game. Um, Tyler gets the dub here. I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, Oregon, especially in that second quarter, they blew up, and Bo Nix goes for five touchdowns. He was just lighting up UCLA. And so now the Pac-12 is officially dead. No one from the Pac-12 is making the playoff at this point. I don't care if 
if Oregon wins out. I mean, I guess maybe that's their best option is if Oregon wins out and their yeah, only loss sure. to Georgia. Yeah. Maybe they can get in, but even still, I feel like the Pac-12 is dead. Pac-12 is dead. Uh, dead just like uh, the weave, hairspray, and cooking with uh, Teflon. Is the weave dead? I feel like the weave is alive. Is the weave making I, think, a I feel like we don't have any place to speak on that, but we, we, we can go. Yeah, I mean, if, if, there, if there are three people that, that know nothing about if the weave is dead or alive, it's, it's for sure us. So that's, that's 100% oh, wait. fair. I was talking about a dance that I do every weekend at my dance, my dance club. It's called the weave. Do the weave. Do, do. At your what? Do the weave. No, yeah, you do that every week at your what? Uh, I, I your said, dance. I said my your dance, dance club. That's what I said. Okay. Yeah, I was okay. trying Just to, wanted to confirm. I, I was trying to add something to my routine there. It didn't really work out too well. <laughs> they they play the hip hop at my dance club. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Bo Nix, incredible game. Oregon. Uh, I mean, Tyler, everything you said was right. It was like, hey, Oregon's way better than everyone thinks they are because of the Georgia loss and. They just lit up the UCLA defense, and and it was just not even competitive for most of the game. UCLA couldn't get a stop to save their lives. Bonex five touchdowns. I mean, just incredible. And so you're right. Maybe they do make the playoff if they if they go out here and their only losses against Georgia. The hard part is going to be if Georgia is number one and undefeated. Is anyone even going to want to put? Oregon at that four spot, considering yeah. we already saw how that game played. You know what I mean? Well, and it doesn't mean that Oregon can't play better the second time around, but that's a tough thing for the committee. If it's down to Oregon and let's say, you know, a a one-loss Tennessee team or something, like, you know they're going to pick or an undefeated Clemson team or whatever, the, the one that we haven't seen before where it was just a complete fucking blowout. Yeah, I think so too. But Oregon's going to need some help if that's the case. I mean... Oregon's going to be a better team, but Georgia's also going to be a better team. Well, a bit, that, that spread was 17 and a half the first time. It's not yep. like anyone really expected that much of a game the first time. So, um, you know. I'd, I'd like to say about this game as well is I think that Dan Lanning did such a great job as far as coaching goes because it was kind of a shootout at the beginning of the game. And he called, I think it was four, they, they had just scored a touchdown, Oregon. And he called an onside kick, which yeah. then put put Oregon up twenty one to seven because mm-hmm. I think he realized that it was going to be a shootout if he didn't do something drastic. I guess you yeah, know, it was an and, aggressive and, move. It was an aggressive move. It was it was a great play by the kicker. Uh, um, you know, and they just caught him off guard. And I think that that extra score, especially it being a touchdown, even if they got a field goal off of that, you know, I think it changes kind of the the um the outcome of the game, but to get a touchdown, go up twenty one seven early, uh, to be at home, I think that was a huge call. And while I think Oregon did play well, I do still think that UCLA is a very good team, but it was just kind of it, it just wasn't their day. Like I, I don't think it really said much about UCLA other than they got out coached, they kind of got outplayed and. Um, especially UCLA, I, I think they re- relied on um, DTR too much. Yeah, but it was on, it was on the defense. I mean, that's where UCLA got exposed. You know, they still put up thirty points, and if you right, score they didn't play complimentary. Yeah, you score thirty, you expect to do a little better, but they gave up ten point one yards per pass. <laughs> that's what Oregon right. averaged that game. Ten point one yards huge. per pass. That's crazy. I mean, 
Yeah. So, so you can't you can't do that. I know that it's the Pac-12. They're going to throw it a little bit more, but that's uh, you, you can't rely on your rush game that much. Give up 45 points and expect to win. So. Sure. For sure. Um, so the Pac-12 is maybe dead, and Texas is not back. They lose uh, what? on the road at Oklahoma State. They have a huge. I think they were up 17 or something like that at some point late, and um, they only scored three points in, in the second half. Uh, Quinn Ewers uh, looked very shaky, not not on point, and Bring for a team that they had, I mean, they had, Manning. <laughs> he's not there yet, I don't think. Um, 30, just Arch. Oh, yeah, Arch, yeah it's just Arch, yeah. but well, he's not there yet. Sound, he will be next year. That doesn't 31, go with the chant. You got to go. 31 oh, first half points. <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't go well. The, uh, 31 points in the first half and three in the second half. And Oklahoma State comes storming back. And again, um, the, the loss to TCU is huge, but Oklahoma State very much still alive for the Big 12 championship game. I, I was super impressed with them uh, this game to just consistently be able to march down the field against you know, what, what ha- has been a pretty good Texas defense all year. Uh, and for them to, to you know, f- keep keep Texas off the board, especially late, um, very impressive and, and just an ultimate, you know, a, a big win for Mike Gundy, who's done very well against Texas. And this, you know, Texas burned me maybe for, for the last time this year. I'm not sure I'm going to be willing to bet on them at least full game. They've, been, they've still been one of my favorite first half bets, but I had, you know, they were included in my parlay and, uh, and they killed me. So yeah, uh, my, um, my Gundy, it's horns down for me. Mike Gundy is the most invisible coach in college football. He does nothing but win big games and gets absolutely no credit whatsoever from a nationwide point of view. I've never seen a coach be so successful for so long and get zero credit. No one talks about him ever on a national platform. So it's crazy to me, but they take care of business once again, clear in my opinion, coaching mismatch. And Oklahoma State looks like a very good team, like always. They're not going to win every game. They're going to lose one of those big games every year, it seems like. But once again, you can count on them being a good team consistently. You give Spencer Sanders the ball 57 times he drops back, and they do that. I mean, it's impressive. So you got to give it up to Oklahoma State. Okay, now let's talk about the – yeah, what will? Go on. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, I definitely agree that Mike Gundy is underrated and and undervalued, but you know, uh, he, he hasn't won the Big 12 like ever, has he? Has he ever won the big? I mean, he's only won once against Oklahoma since, you know, since like 2015. Well, I'm not putting it again. This is the same thing with the quarterback, Spencer Petras. I think what happens when I stand up for these people who don't get enough love, it's 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 a misconception that I'm saying they're the best in the industry, that Spencer Petras belongs in the top 10, that Mike Gundy belongs in the top right. 10. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when you when, when coaches come up across the country, whether it's podcasts or radio shows or it's ESPN or Fox or whatever, and they talk mm-hmm. about the coach or the coaching staff or the coach, I don't feel like Mike Gundy's ever in that conversation. That's my whole point. Is I just very true. Well, I'm a voice for the voiceless on this show, right? I'm, I'm a man of the people here, so that's what I'm. Speak just, your truth, it's, Tyler. It's just it's more of that. So I don't think he's like a, a Brian Kelly or anything like that. I mean, but but it, it it is more of that. If you ask the average person out there to name their top, let's say ten head coaches, I'm not sure he makes it in a lot of those lists. So that's why I say that. Um, and, and yeah, I just said he's not top 10. So let's say even like top 15 or, you know, at most, right. you know, that that's what I'm, I'm saying here is, is in the that's category fair. of respected head coaches that, that get the credit they deserve. I don't think he's in there. I don't hear his name, you know, near enough. Everyone wants to suck the dick of some amazing new coach or this, like, uh, you know, or it's, 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 I, I, he, he gets no respect. Hey. Roddy Dangerfield. <laughs> I mean, he's no he's no Matt Campbell. We can agree on that. <laughs> oh God, that's exa- <laughs> You know what? That's a great point. How often have we heard about fucking Matt Campbell and no one ever talks about Gundy? Okay, moving on. Plowing ahead here. Uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room, or maybe it's not so much Ooh. an elephant, but it's like a 
Maybe it's like a like a lot like a like a jaguar or like a dog. Mm. Ryan Ryan's on uh, on camera. Well, now these are all dog. An, an elephant, a jaguar, and a, and a dog are all very different. So <laughs> so which is it? Tyler? It's, all right, you guys tell me what it is. There's a jack in the room. You guys tell me right what now, it is. So I don't have the tweet in front of me, but but it goes something like this, and it goes a little something like this. Um, since Oklahoma and Texas announced they were going to leave the Big 12. They have been out-penalized something in the realm of around 195. Ooh, conspiracy corner. Like Are you around, going conspiracy Yeah, I'm going corner? total conspiracy. It's around like 195 times to around 115. The yards are almost triple that they've been penalized. And this game alone is one is something to magnify. And this actually led the conversation and drove some people to do this homework. In this game... Texas had 14 penalties, 119 yards. Oklahoma State, zero penalties, zero, zero yards. And wow. so this was brought to light after this game, and someone just said, hey, not saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. And they put that out there. So I ask you guys, is that an elephant in the room? Is it a jaguar in the room? Or is it a dog in the room? Or is it just a spider in the room, right? Like, like where is this in the, the realm of things in the room? Is this something to, to, for us to talk about and to be worried about? I think I think your assessment of it being a, a jaguar in the room is perfect because okay. it's still a a big scary beast, but it's a little bit sneaky. It's not so obvious <laughs> like an elephant, um, but it's very dangerous and deadly. And yeah, that you know what I, I think that when you watch these teams play, they definitely are you know um, not super disciplined, right? I mean, a, a team that gets thirteen penalties called on them in a game or whatever, it's probably not a, a you know all on the conspiracy side, but wasn't there a game last year? It was, was it the Oklahoma, Oklahoma state game? There was a big Oklahoma game where a call went against them late. It went against OU. Yes. Yes. And everyone, and everyone, I think it was against Oklahoma state and everyone was like, Oh, it's because Lincoln, like Lincoln Riley's leaving and Oklahoma's leaving. So the big 12 wanted Oklahoma state to go to the big 12 championship game. So (laughs) I I don't think that's, uh... I don't think it's that, you know, that far fetched when you talk about, and the numbers are pretty crazy. Like when you look at the actual disparity on a game by game basis, it's like, okay, but then you blow it up. It's like, maybe there's something to this. And remember conferences have their own referees. Conferences have their own yeah, meetings, sure. their own tape that goes out. It's a very conference by conference basis. That's why you hear the announcer saying every bowl game, this is a PAC 12 committee. This is a big 10 committee. That matters a lot for like the evaluation of what's going to be happening in that game. So, and you're yeah. talking about the big 12 ultimately, I mean, what are they ultimately they're a, a corporation that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars right. that that it wants to protect their their bottom line at all costs. They're no different than any other business. They can say they're non for profit, blah, 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 but they're there to make money. <laughs> and if they're and if they are uh, <laughs> they're there to make money. And if making yeah, churches are not for profit too. <laughs> if making Oklahoma and Texas look bad is good for them, is good for their product moving forward. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. At, at, I'm not saying that they would rig all the games, but maybe you know, they're maybe the refs. Maybe it's like an untold thing where, like, the you know what I mean. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you know it's a dark, shadowy room and the Big Twelve commissioner you know bangs his fists on the tables and tells the refs to make calls against them. But could it be more of like an unspoken thing where everyone in the Big Twelve is just fucking pissed off at them? So naturally, it happens. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, or it's it's as deep as like if there's a referee who historically does really, really, really well for the home team, maybe you send him to that game, right? 
Like that's that's when they do. If they're like influenced by the the crowd, something like that, you just put them on a game. Oklahoma State's at home, and maybe that does a little more too. So yeah, I'm, I'm going exactly. I'm going total conspiracy theory with this. Yeah, okay. I, I'm I, I agree with you, but there was I think Oklahoma State had three penalties that were either negated or there was another penalty. But you know what else conspiracy theory is? But at the same time, on the review. Four, even if it was three, 14 to three, that's quite a bit of But al- But also, for, for us conspiracy theorists, you know, what we do is we always find a way for our conspiracy to be true. So when you say, yeah, they had three penalties, I would say, well, of course, they have to call some just to make it look natural, right. you know? Sure. If they're going to the be running this zero. huge charade, no, I know. And by the way, I'm kind of low-key making fun of conspiracy theorists out there. You know, Will knows I'm not. Will's more of an actual conspiracy theorist than I am. And like, well, you know, okay, I'm just wait, as to why I'm, you have I'm a really, tinfoil hat. Except I'm for the so birds, so thing, except for that birds you, and squirrels. That, that's more. You, you brought that up. Yeah, exactly. You brought that up, but today you sent us a tweet about birds not being real. But, okay, but I've been on this one for a while. This is a, an original, and then the internet just caught on with my original idea. Right, right, and, right. No, I'm the conspiracy theorist, but the one that you believe in about birds not being real, that one's legit. And I love to feed into it. Just to refresh sure. everyone out there, uh, <laughs> birds and squirrels are not real. They're real. Well, Actually, 99.5% of birds and squirrels are real. It's fine. They're like legitimate animals. But some of them are drones and robots and little spy droids sent why over squirrels? from squirrels. Like from, why if you if you have birds, why do you have to go to rodents at that point? Oh, just, like, just, just, like, you, just like in the military. You need feet on the ground, yeah, well. In the military, why have tanks when you have planes? Because you boots need on both the ways. Yeah, boots on the ground. Exactly. Uh tiny <laughs> paws on the ground. So yeah, it's, what about uh, like a possum or like a skunk? Are there any of those spies as well? See, that seems like more like a Norwegian thing. I'm not afraid of those. Like a, maybe a Germany thing, right? A I'm, Norwegian yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like 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 maybe Skunks like those and possums. possums. Yeah, those are the Manchurian candidates, dude. Yeah, not because those animals are from there, but like. <laughs> The, trust me, the squirrels and birds are, are China and Russia. Those are the squirrels. And birds. I feel like a moth would be a better one to do. You know, like yeah, like a, a like a little small but flying moths, thing. Moths can be caught and moths can be trapped. You're never catching. No one wants to catch a squirrel or a bird. If a bird gets in your house, you're running the other way as fast as you can. You're not going towards. I, a bird. I've trapped did a squirrel fly before. into my apartment <laughs> one time a couple of years ago. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, it flew right in, maybe and I, was, I uh, left the door open, and he flew out. It was a, it was a scary. You know my, what it my was? Heart was, you know what was it pounding was? for like ninety seconds. It was a Russian spy, a Russian bot. They thought something was going on in there. What they do? Went in, quick surveillance, went out, boom, questions answered, and you had a story for the rest of your life. A, a, a bird flew into my apartment. I'm like, yeah, sure, a bird flew into your apartment. Will. They're just getting intel on on the best college football podcast, really, because <laughs> exactly. Russia is trying to break into that market. Yeah. And then you um, also got COVID right after, didn't you? <laughs> oh, see, see. Oh boy, we're, 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 we're uh, it's all connected. Now. You guys know we're how connecting the dots you guys know now. You know, I watched the uh, South Park or the uh, Halloween episodes during. Uh, uh, Halloween time, right during October. Oh, I meant right, to bring yeah, that yes. up to you, Walge. I watched the Scoots. Oh, did you? Did you like it? No, it was terrible. Uh, okay, well, uh, we watched the pandemic special, the South Park pandemic special recently, and it's where they find out that Randy uh, caused COVID by having sex with a pangolin. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> where he went to he went to China, and then him, and then uh, Mickey Mouse, who's representing Disney, they're just like having a night on the town, and yeah. So anyway. That's a good, good stuff. Good family friendly uh, stuff right there. Family friendly conspiracy <laughs> stuff. Um, the last game I really wanted to talk to, and it's almost more, uh, it's it's more than just this game. It's that Desmond Howard at the beginning of the year gave out his four playoff picks, 
And I want to remind everyone who he who he picked as being the final four to make the playoffs. Okay. He picked he picked Texas AM, who is now three and four. Mm. He picked Pitt, who I believe <laughs> has three losses now, Yikes. something like that. Um, and then he picked Baylor, who is th- uh, four and three or three and four, or similar, and then Michigan. So Michigan's the only playoff team still alive but for him. This is exactly what everybody does. It's so hysterical. They just look but at what he happened wasn't last year. Like a hot take artist. No, but you know it's what not I mean? hot to me, take. It was like, this is what happened last year. Pitt, what Pitt uh, didn't they win the ACC or at least uh, get to the championship? Right, yeah. and they lost to Wake. Or they something did. Like that. Yeah, yeah, sir. They won it. I forget exactly what happened. But Pitt, hot last year. One of the better, like hot. Up and coming teams. Baylor won the Big Twelve. So, uh, so all he did was pick last year's <laughs> champions. Like that's all. That's all he did. It took no effort. He goes, "Oh, who won last year?" Like that's it. It's the laziest <laughs> right. way of approaching. That's what a lot. That's why a lot of people like. That's what I do. Can't win week one. It's exactly go <laughs> win. Who won last year? What's going on? You know, it's it's. It, and now we look at it. It's like well, that was, I was so just, insane. I, I want to make sure that I elevate myself above Desmond by saying I take a very measured approach of picking Alabama, Ohio State, um, and, <laughs> and, and and others. You know, well, look, so it, or you can call that a smart approach because they go six out of seven years. So it's like, yeah, exactly. maybe that's not the. Yeah. But Texas A&M loses at South Carolina. They're three and four. They're one and three in the SEC, and now South Carolina. Sneaky five and two and ranked. We'll see how long that lasts because I ultimately, I ultimately still think that even though they're a solid team, you're not going to win a lot of games with Spencer Rattler playing how he is, but the rest of their schedule, you know, they've, they've got Missouri Vandy and Florida still in their schedule. Those are winnable games for them, but then they have to end the season versus Tennessee and at Clemson. So ultimately I think eight and four is probably the best, best option that South Carolina can hope for with the rest of their schedule. How hot is Jimbo's ass right now? Oh my God! Uh, ass on fire for sure. His ass, okay. His his ass is on fire. However, his contract makes it like impossible to fire him, even with the even with the oil yeah. money A and M has. He's owed uh, like ninety million dollars still. Yeah, I, th- uh, I, I brought it up a few weeks ago, but I think his buyout this year is like eighty nine million or yeah, something like that. And, it and drops he's recruiting like 10, about he's ten million every year. Yeah. And ultimately, look. You know, the team is bad. If they get a solid quarterback and you look at the recruits that they do have coming in, a lot of them are, you know, at key positions, right? Defensive line, offensive line, secondary players. Those are all good positions, but ultimately he needs a quarterback. And right now they don't have that. Haynes King has been terrible. Max Johnson, when he came in, was terrible. And so um, it's not good in, uh, you know, in College Station. And yeah, his they they might be the only team in the whole country that could be like we can afford to fire someone paying ninety million dollars. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen just yet. You know but, what I think happened? Uh, sir, you know what happened? I think I what? figured it out, and it just this just hit me. Their their first names got mixed up. Who's Max Johnson and Haynes King? It should be Haynes Johnson and Max King. Those are way better names. That's their problem. That has everything to do with it. That's Tyler, their problem. Haynes Johnson. <laughs> That's so much better, right? Yeah, I, and I mean, Max Haynes King. King doesn't work. I'll no, give you that. No, Haynes Max, King is a weird name. Max King works, though. And Haynes Johnson also works. I figured it out. Max King, I Max sold, Power. And they can get this legally fixed in 20 minutes at the, at the local court. I fixed all of AM's <laughs> issues in, in, in 20 seconds. And That's, you would do it for, for a fraction of the $100 million. <laughs> That's right. It's so really, really A and M missing out on a on a really big opportunity here with that one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't. I, were there any other games that you guys wanted to uh, touch on from from? No, Saturday? but there's some other first names that I want to go over. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, 
No, that's good. How, how about those buffs after winning? My CU buffs, they get a big win, go on the road, and then what was it, forty-two so to forty-five to nine, something like that. Not so good. Oh, actually, before we go, I just saw this uh, this story. Um, I, I'm not sure when this came out, but I think it was recently. Um, Nick Saban. Uh, not by the way, Jermaine Burton was not suspended for Alabama. Oh, of no course not. For him, he only for him punched slapping some a girl innocent the woman in the, in the, in the head. <laughs> like, oh my God, of course. He only, yeah. uh, like, what, why yeah. did they say? Because, oh, well, you know, it wasn't a closed fist, it was an open hand, and, and she didn't get concussed. She only Saban, the Saban said, I didn't think it was necessary to suspend the guy. If you knew the whole story, maybe you wouldn't either, but I'm not going to divulge that. What's the whole story? Did she just magically, while she was running by him in a half second, like like pick on his family or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't know. He threw her worse. face into his hand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that seems a little shady to me. That's her fault. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bullshit. Yeah, I love. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So uh, that that one's pretty special. And then LSU uh, storm the field after again, like people with the storming the field has got to just come to an end. You know, LSU storms the field for beating Ole Miss. There was another one over the weekend that I, I, I'm i trying to remember. There was another bad storming. Clemson. Yeah, exactly. Clemson, Clemson higher ranked. Thank you, Smitty. Higher ranked, and they stormed the field after beating Syracuse. Like, chill, people. That's not what this, the storming <laughs> of the field is for. If you beat the number one or two or three team at home and and it's an upset, then you you storm the field. You don't do it when you're the when you're favored by 14 points and barely win. Yeah, it's, well, start, I, it's starting I, to get out of hand. Yeah, I, I, I kind of have a thought on this is storming the field is okay when, like you said, you're either a higher ranked team beating a lower ranked team. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like last week, a winless team beating a team to get your first win. That's like still in the fringe. The- that's still fringe. But it's still fringe, is like but at least still, you can understand like, it from it the gives, fan it, standpoint. It, it yeah. gives your fans something to be like excited about. Right. Like, it's kind of ca- crazy for Clemson that fans moment in general. The, exactly. Cle- if you're Clemson's- a Clemson fan to think like, ooh, we got to storm the field here. It's like, no, no, no. Like people storm the field when they beat Clemson. It's the opposite way around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not it's a just ridiculous. So, and LSU, by the way, got fined like, because now the SEC is is throwing these rules, and if you continue to have your fans storm the field, then your fines get larger and larger. LSU got fined like a quarter of a million dollars for that one. Oh but here's God. the stupid. Really? I don't know what LSU is supposed to do. Like when a hundred thousand people want to storm, like are your right. eighteen security right. guards that are making twelve dollars an hour supposed to stop them? Uh, yeah, that are what's prob- happening probably here? students themselves. Stop winning games. <laughs> Also, yeah, did I, that GoFundMe go to the fine? Or? I don't know. I don't know if they made their uh, <laughs> made their goal, but something tells me that Tennessee will have goal posts when they play on Saturday. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's all we got for the show today. We'll see you guys Wednesday. I'll be back in the studio. We're going to break down week nine games, and there are some big ones. So <laughs> excuse me. Excited for that. Uh, follow us on social media at, uh, on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Follow us on, on Instagram at College of Ball Tailgate. We'll see you Wednesday.